Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, it'll be Bucks-Falcons, 1 o'clock Sunday, Raymond James Stadium. And I think that this is one of the real swing games of this season. The Bucs are coming off a loss to the Detroit Lions, and no shame in that. The Lions, I think, are one of the top teams in the NFC. Although, here's the thing, Steve, about, about the Bucs that I would be concerned about. I think their defense is going to be okay. Um, they're still one of the healthier healthiest they've been all season. You know, I know Baker Mayfield split his finger a little bit and his, his left uh, hand got banged up a little bit. As we do this podcast, Vita Vea kind of struggling with a foot injury, but but did practice on a limited basis. So, I mean, they're about as healthy, you know, coming out of this this past game against Detroit as they could be. The thing that would worry me is, is this offense going to find its footing? And what I mean by that is not just running the football, but like they did have a clunker. And, you know, it would be different if you could have – established an identity to this point, but this team has played, what, five games? Mm-hmm. And you really don't know. I know what they want to be, but they're nowhere close to what they said that they wanted to be. And I'm just I'm curious if Baker Mayfield and the offense is is sort of caught in the middle a little bit with what Dave Canales wants to do and what they're just no good at, which is running the football. And so that puts in a lot of pressure on the quarterback. And last week, Steve, I think the quarterback had a bad game. I think he just didn't play well. And he said it after the press conference. He said, I stunk, we stunk. They all stunk, but especially Baker Mayfield. He's got to play huge in this game for them to have a chance to win. He does, but you know the other part of this is, is they've kind of had two clunkers this year. Mm-hmm. But both have been against the elite teams in the NFC, a step up in class. That's fair. I don't put the Falcons in that category. And, you know, so do I expect them to perform better than they did last week? Absolutely. Do I expect Baker Mayfield to be better than he was last week? Yes, because the competition isn't nearly as as good. And, you know, the Bucs are a good team, Mm -hmm. more than capable of winning this division through five games. Uh, That evidence shows you that. Yeah. A lot of football to play, and we'll see how it all plays out. And this week is a pivotal game in that step. But... You know, we've seen their struggles like against the teams that are near their weight class. Let's say they play pretty well. The defense is really good. They'll let up a play here or there, and, and you know, there's a f- you know a few moments. But overall, the defense has been very good. The offense we know can't run the ball, and and you're going to see a rushing attack that a team that knows how to run the ball this week. Oh yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. But you know, we know they can't run the ball, but they got enough weapons, and Baker Mayfield's been good. For this season, he had a bad game last week against the Lions, a really good defensive team. Uh, you know, I don't anticipate the same type of pressure, and I don't mean, I mean, actually, the offensive line protected pretty well for Baker, which was why surprising that he didn't have as very good of a game. But you know, I, I I expect the Bucks to play well this weekend. I think I think you'll see a bounce back. 
Well, they need one because I think if you look at the schedule, this this is where it starts to get a little choppy because they have a short week and they go to Buffalo on a Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And I know Buffalo has kind of been a roller coaster team themselves, but I think it's going to be really hard to win up there on a short week when you're the team that's traveling and not mm-hmm. knowing what injuries they may or may not sustain on Sunday. So if you go from there and then it's, you know, you have sort of what amounts to a mini buy because you have the extra days on the backside of that. Uh, and then, you know, you're going to go to Houston and all of a sudden, you know, C.J. Stroud and the Texans are not an easy out. You know, he's the best of the rookie quarterback class. They're playing very well, especially at home. And that's that's going to be a tough game. Um, and, and so, you know, it's it's just going to kind of go back and forth. But they have a chance if they were able to beat the Atlanta Falcons mm-hmm. on Sunday to really start to separate a little bit from some of the pack in the NFC South. And what I mean by that is you have a road win at New Orleans already, okay? And I think the Saints are still the best next team in the NFC South. Um, but to get a win against Atlanta at home, that you know that, that, that puts you in, in, in good shape as far as the NFC South goes. And I think you, know, you, you have a reasonable chance to, to sweep or at mm-hmm. least slip split, but maybe sweep Carolina, who's you know struggling right now, and they're probably going to be better by the time you get to them. And you've already got a road win against New Orleans, so New Orleans has New Orleans has to come here. So if you dominate this division um, and win your win your division games, you're going to go to the playoffs because you know mm-hmm. you're you're probably going to get eight to nine wins, and that might do it in the NFC South. So this is a big game. Also, you don't want to you know, develop a losing streak because those are harder to break. You know, win one, lose one, that's not always the best way to go. But you certainly don't want one loss to become two and then three. Uh, and that could that could snowball on you pretty quick, especially with a short week. There's also, you know, the threat of injuries playing with so little time in between. So I, I really do think that this is a huge game. And it's a huge game for Dave Canales because – you know, we we go back a few weeks before the bye, and I think he called his best game against the New Orleans Saints. Um, utilized a lot of different players. We talked about that one drive with seven different guys touched the football. Uh, and the reality is, though, that the Bucks and their offense has not been that good for a while. I, what they've been thriving on are turnovers. You know, they they've gotten short fields because their defense has forced a lot of turnovers. Well, guess what? The last game against the Detroit Lions, they didn't force any. And their team, you know, while they missed some opportunities that were there, a couple deep shots, obviously to Trey Palmer that that Mayfield overthrew, had one batted down to Mike Evans. That was definitely going to be a long touchdown pass. Um, They just haven't really established anything consistent that they want to do. I mean, when you're scoring 18 points a game, that that's not an endorsement for your offense. So it's 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 really hard to believe that you could fire all the guys they fired on offense, including Byron Leftwich and a lot in the staff. You bring in a Dave Canales, and you're averaging fewer points than you did a year ago. And if you take away Baker Mayfield's scrambling, you've had a few more rushing attempts, but for I think fewer yards. Or if you're or a worse average than you did a year ago, like the things you wanted to improve haven't improved. And here's what I think: I think, as Peter King would say, in talking to many people in the know, and and you can read about this on Sunday in the Tampa Bay Times and then TampaBay.com. It may post Saturday morning. I don't know. Um, and that is 
their offensive coordinator, Dave Canales, is a, is a bright young guy, right? But he hadn't called plays since 2005 at his high school. <laughs> and, you know, it doesn't matter how long you sit in the press box and watch other people do it. You're the one doing it now. You're the one that's game planning. You're the one that's watching the film. You're the one that's creating the matchups. And oh, by the way, you're you're inputting the game plan. And I think I think Dave has a lot of good ideas. I think he has too many. And what I think is happening, and I think the Bucks will make this adjustment, is, you know, sometimes when you're when you're struggling, less is more. And so find out those things. Now you know every everything they do kind of is predicated on the same look right? The zone runs and things like this. So there's not a lot of, uh, it's not going to look different per se, but you know, in as much as you've got, you know, a lot of different motions and, and things in there, like just simplify your running game. Okay. Just that. And utilize, get the ball in the hands of your playmakers. I, I was, I also think stop worrying about whether you run the ball or not. Okay. Because if it comes, it comes, right? And eventually, they're going to have to run it. And I think at this point, though, the only way to get that to happen is to throw the ball first, you know? And, and that you don't have to throw it down the field every time on first down. But start moving the chains again. You know, they did that a little bit in New Orleans, and it worked. Now they need to do it again. Um, here's a shocking stat to me, and I... I don't know what to make of this, but, you know, Mike Evans, and I wrote about this in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com, contract year, gave him an ultimatum the day before the season opener. Buck said, mm, no, we're not interested in signing you to a long-term deal. Very Steven Stamkos-like in many ways. And that's been the end of the discussion. And Mike's gone out there, and, of course, he had a, a great game against the Chicago Bears. He had three touchdowns in his first three games. But I think that there comes a point where you can almost see the frustration building in him that he is either pressing a little bit. Now, he's been prone to drops before. I mean, this is a guy, his second year had 15 drops, for goodness sakes, uh, his second season in the NFL, kind of a sophomore slump. And, you know, in fact, six of those were in one game, if, if you can imagine that. But he's starting to, you know, have have some drops. He's got four and four games. But the thing that... that sticks out to me is that he's been targeted 41 times. Do you know where that is in terms of rankings, in terms of the NFL? It's tied for 33rd in the NFL. So you're telling me that in a 32-team league, there are 32 guys targeted more than Mike Evans? That doesn't make any sense to me, right? Like, Like the offense needs to run through him and Chris Godwin. Um, and, and I believe, I'm not sure, I don't know if Godwin has more target. He might, because again, Mike left the game against the Saints at halftime. So he's, he's battling a little bit of a hamstring. Like he's got some issues and that, that certainly plays into it. But Mike Evans can't be the 33rd most targeted guy in the NFL. It just doesn't, it just, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, it, it shouldn't, although there's a couple, there's probably a few factors. One they're running the ball about 50% of the time. No, well, they are. You're right. Where other teams are throwing the ball more than 50%. That's a great point. That's right. Yeah, they so, don't have a ton of pass attempts. So there's more targets. 
Mm-hmm. Two, I think when you look at this team, Mike Evans is the guy you're doubling. Every time and twice on, on Sunday. And yeah, Baker's, no Baker's been very good about taking care of the ball. Mm-hmm. And so you're not going to throw into those double coverages. Right. So I think that's but, part of it. But it can mount the frustration in Mike Evans. I, and I think it has. And, mm-hmm. and here's what I'll say about the double teams. You're absolutely you're 100% right. Because I talked to um, Todd Bowles about this, and, and he brought this up. But I would say to you, of those 32 guys ahead of him that are targeted mm-hmm. more, how many of those are number one receivers? And show me a number one receiver in this league that's not double teamed. Mm-hmm. In other words, I don't care what team you're talking about or what receiver you're talking about. You know, they're, I mean, you don't think Tyree Kill is double teamed? Well, by my point being is if, if Baker's taking care of the ball, he's not going to throw into the double coverage as often right, as he maybe won't, but, to a but well to still, Tyree. But, or, but even though, even mm-hmm. though you're number one receiver, mm-hmm. you can't allow other teams to dictate where the ball is going always. Yes. In other words, you, it's, your, it's on the play caller, quite frankly, to find a way to get the guy the ball. Um, and certainly it helps if you're getting a lot of single high and he's one-on-one. We saw mm-hmm. them start the game in New England or uh, New Orleans rather with a, a Mike Evans against Marshawn Lattimore and he hit it for like 14, 15 yards. Get that guy involved early. And then everything else can run around him or through him or whatnot. Um, and I think that Mike is pressing, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. I, I, he's not been in this position. It's a weird position to be in. Just ask Steven Stamkos. Like, you've given so much toward an organization. Your name's going to go in the building one day. You might be in the Hall of Fame. And yet, while they're re-signing all these other players to come back and, and they're worried about Antoine Winfield Jr. and they're worried about... Tristan Worfs and all these guys, they're not paying any attention to you. You know, he he's 30. He's not 40. I mean, I know Stamkos is older, so there might be a difference there. But this cat's just turned 30 years old, and they don't have any interest. So if I'm, if I'm Mike, I think it's human nature that you're like, well, first of all, I'm a little hurt by that. But secondly, regardless, I've got to go out here and have my best year, right? And I can't get hurt. I don't know if that's on his mind or not. I hope not. But you don't want to get hurt, and you're frustrated if the ball isn't coming your way because you want to absolutely rip it this year. Like you want to have a career high in catches and yards and touchdowns and all of that. You know he was having a big game against Marshawn Lattimore of the New Orleans Saints, and he got hurt uh, with a hamstring. He had three catches for like forty yards, and certainly that's always been a factor with Mike. If he's not healthy, he's not the, he's not always the same player. Uh, but then he had a big drop, and they missed him on a on a, on a you know a, a, what could have been like a ninety yard touchdown the other day, you know a, against um, uh, against the Lions. I I just think that he's in a unique place he hasn't been. Pressure is there, but they got to get him and Chris Godwin uh, the focal points of this offense until teams start to respect this passing game, and maybe they back out. And give you some rushing lanes. Spread these, spread these guys out as well. Like there's too much, you know, too much packed in the center here of the offensive line. They keep running in there for no yards. Guys are getting hit behind the line of scrimmage a lot. They're not making a lot of yards after contact. They're one of the worst teams in the league to do that. I still talk about, you know, Rashad White. I I, I haven't seen anything special since the Seattle game. The one game that that he had a hundred yards. Coaches tell me he's they're confident in him that it's just the the fact that this you know regardless of the fact 
or irregardless of the fact that he started eight games a year ago, this is his first year starting, and it's a different role for him, and he just has to grow into it sort of like they're trying to be patient. But I don't know, man. I mean, you know, special usually shows up young and, and quickly, and I just haven't seen it. So a lot of issues with this offense. The defense has done its job, but it's going to have to continue to get takeaways, I think, for them to win. But But, but this is on Dave Canales – um, figuring a way to streamline this game plan, make it simple, and Baker Mayfield not playing bad. Like he he he's got one bad game. Okay, they played five. He can't have another one for a while. You know, like you need this guy to be the consistent, experienced quarterback that's not going to make mistakes. It's going to hit the. You got to hit the layups, man. You know, if you get three guys open down the field, you you need to hit at least one of them, preferably two or three, but. Um, you can't be missing receivers and Mike Evans has to catch the ball and you know uh, they have to dig their way out of this I I think they're getting good contributions from their tackles the interior line is a problem I don't think Hainsey's played well I don't think Cody Mock has played well I'm not sure where they're getting out of Matt Filer but you know find a way to get this win through hook or crook and then move on to Buffalo in a short week and take your chances because uh, without this win, it's going to get it's going to get late early. You know, it, I think three and one could become potentially three and six, and that's what you don't want. You don't want this thing to get out of hand. All right, we'll break down the Falcons here in just a second. But first, I remind you guys that it is still hurricane season in Florida. Don't uh, think that it's not because it is. There's still time though to keep the power on without breaking the bank, and that's getting solar battery backup power from May electric solar now with solar battery backup power there's no fuel cost there's no loud generator noise no annual maintenance cost plus may electric solar offers a 15-year warranty solar battery backup uh can save you hundreds of dollars each month and if you lose power guess what a generator that could cost you over two thousand dollars a week just to keep your house running new solar battery systems qualify for a 30 percent tax credit or you can add a, a battery to your existing in-phase solar system Trust the pros in solar. To learn more about May Electric Solar's battery backup or to get started, call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. Have you seen Arthur Smith on the sidelines this year? First of all, he's doing his best Jason Sudeikis uh, imitation, and he, he does sort of resemble him in Ted Lasso. Um, I know he's quoted Ted Lasso quite a bit. So I think he's going for that, okay? And I saw him on Good Morning Football, and it's not a coincidence. But when things aren't going well, <laughs> this guy wears his emotions on his sleeve, man. It's been really humorous to see him on the sideline. And things haven't gone well. And Arthur, he needs to win, and he needs to win this year. You know, like Arthur Blank's not going to be that patient. Um, they have the makings of a, of a pretty good offense, I think just in terms of, of weapons, you know. And, and, of course, coming from Tennessee, he's all about running the football, and they know how to run the football. And they drafted B. John Robinson, you know, in the first round. He's an exceptional player. He can make cuts and everything else. They already had, you know, a really, really good running game um, with Tyler Algier. And, and, you know, you've got a good wide receiver in, in Drake London, a couple of good tight ends. Um you know, Kyle Pitts, of course, everybody's familiar with from the University of Florida. They also got Johnny Smith that that played, you know, for the New England Patriots. 
So they're a tough team to defend. They're a physical team. They're a downhill running team. I think the Bucks have done okay. You know, I thought they played the run, you know, very well in this last game against the Detroit Lions. Of course, David Montgomery went out early, so that that had an impact. At times, they did not play it well at all against the Eagles, who rushed for over 200 yards. So you you, you want to have some kind of consistency uh, on the run defense, and that's what they're going to need because Atlanta's not going to apologize for the fact that, yeah, we are running the ball today. And and they do it in part, I think, not only is that where their talent is, but they're trying to protect their quarterback a little bit. You know, uh, Desmond Ritter has had good moments, he's had bad moments, and then he's had both in the same game. And, you know, they played him a year ago up there when it didn't mean much. He actually played pretty well once they they pulled their, you know, kind of pulled their starters. But he's had some costly interceptions, and that's the thing that's killed the Atlanta Falcons is, you know, I think the Bucks are probably like a plus six or seven, whatever it is on the uh, giveaway takeaway side. They've they've had a lot more, you know, that many more takeaways than giveaways. But Atlanta's the opposite of that. They're like a minus six or so. And and that's been the difference is that, that Ritter has thrown some interceptions. They've put some balls on the ground. And if they do that against Tampa Bay, the Bucks will beat them, pure and simple. Um, and so this is one of those games where, uh, you know, you have – you have a quarterback on the ropes. I'll tell you who the Bucks don't want to see. Like they'll be lucky if if Ritter plays the whole game, in my opinion, because the dude on the bench is the Buck killer, Taylor Heineke. <laughs> you do not want to <laughs> see the former Washington quarterback who damn near, you know, in that run of the Super Bowl when they went one eight in a row and they won the the playoff games on the road. It started in Washington, and Heineke was a surprise starter that day. And he came oh so close to ending Tom Brady's season right there in the wild card. Somehow the Bucks, you know, survived that, advanced to New Orleans, beat Drew Brees in his final game, went to Green Bay, beat Aaron Rodgers, and then won the Super Bowl at home against Kansas City. But the next two years, Taylor Heineke beat the Bucks. He beat Tom Brady. Uh and he's a guy that can run around. He's 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 not afraid of taking a hit throws the ball very well. I really think the Falcons are I know that they they you know they drafted Ritter like in the third round. They, they want to see him become their franchise quarterback, but I don't think they realize what they have on the bench, especially against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, you know, for the Bucks' sake, hopefully Ritter stays in and plays. Um, but this is such an important game and and, and really the records and things like that I've always said this, like even when Carolina comes and plays the Bucs or the Bucs go there, those will not be easy games because there's a familiarity and sort of a, uh, I don't know, a dislike, if you will, between these division teams. And it the records really don't matter as much. Other teams are having worse years than others, but like you're very capable of beating any team in the division because you've been on the grass with them so much. You know them so well, and they know you. Um, and it is a, there's a chess match that will go on, but by and large, um, you got to whip the guy in front of you, and you play him twice a year. So these are always tough, tough games, and Atlanta in particular has always given the Bucks fits. So I expect another competitive game uh, in the NFC South, and it's so important for the Bucs uh, – you know, to win the game number one, but to also play well, you know, and try to get that momentum back that they had during the three and one start on a short week before they go to Buffalo. 
Um, but but I think you know the Falcons, very capable team. Uh, defensively, they're a handful. You know, Grady Jarrett has been a thorn in the Buck sides for years, and he's going to sit right there in the middle of that defense. Uh, David Onyemata is a very good player as well. Um, so they have a, a stout defensive line. You've got some pretty good linebackers, including Bud Dupree. Um, Jesse Bates, the free safety that I think when he come over from Cincinnati, I want to say he's yep. just been, he's a, he's a ball hawk. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just a ball hawk. That dude, uh, is going to be near the lead of, uh, you know, in interceptions every year. And then their special teams, um, are extremely good, including their punter, which the Bucks are familiar with in Bradley Pinion. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a, it's a solid, uh, NFC South team. I, I don't think they're as good as New Orleans, quite frankly. And they, and, you know, even though when the Bucks played New Orleans, you know, Derek Carr was not healthy. And I think that was a big factor. Um, but you're going to have to start winning some games at home too, because you're one and two at home and, and especially in the division. I don't know how many Atlanta fans will be there. You know, we, we asked Baker Mayfield the other day. Hey, what did you think of all the Detroit fans that were, you know, in the lower bowl? And he kind of acted like he he didn't notice. But then he said, you know what? If if I was from Detroit, I'd enjoy coming down here too. <laughs> he kind of just slammed the city a little bit there. Um, but there there will it's a short ride. There will be some Falcons, some some Falcon fans in the building. I don't think it'll be as many as as Detroit had necessarily. Um, but they got to start winning at home because uh, it's tough to win on the road, and you got to make sure you take care of your of your house, so to speak. So I'm, I, I, you know, this again, a really important game, short week coming up, a road team on a short week, which means you only practice walkthroughs, uh, you know, are going to be Monday and Tuesday. You're getting on a plane on Wednesday and you're playing Thursday night. That's such a quick turnaround. And if you could get this game, then you're playing with house money. When you go to Buffalo, even if you were to lose, it's not a division game. You're still in really good shape in the division. You would be what? Uh, if you win this game, you're four and two. If you lost to Buffalo, you'd still be four and three. You could maybe upset Buffalo because they've not been playing particularly well of late. So anything can happen, but it doesn't happen unless the Bucks are able to take down the Falcons on Sunday. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right. A cu- we got some interesting comments. Uh, go remember back in Wednesday's show, there was, there was a, 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 a email question, a mailbag question that we broke down that had about seven different layers to it. I just kind of went all in. I don't know. I, I just, it was, it was a thought provoking and very grateful for the, that that series of questions, but mm-hmm. uh, we did kind of drag it out a little bit, and then now now we got a couple of re- referencing that as well. Yeah, um, well, Harlan uh, tweeted us; he's a regular of ours. This is a great Sports Day yeah. Tampa Bay podcast today when Rick Stroud answered the world's record longest mailbag question one hundred percent correctly. It was. I think it was. Love the passion towards the end. Don't know who dissed Mike Evans, but Rick was professional enough to not call them out by name. Others should learn from this. 
I don't know if that is professional, by the way, because I think the professional thing to do would just be say, hey, so-and-so said it. You know, go talk to him. Um, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, and again, I wrote about Mike Evans um, after I had that long dissertation. And and, I, and I, we talked to him about, you know, some of the frustrations. And he made the point, too. He goes, look, I, I played a long time. I've had a lot of lowlights. You know, like, hasn't all been uh, touchdowns and, and, and Super Bowl rings, to say the very least. But that's what happens when you play a long time. And, and Mike, you know, first of all, every player drops footballs, right, if you're a receiver in this league. Um, Mike, early in his career, had a real problem with it. I mean, his second year, I mentioned he had 15 drops. He had six in one game, though. Um, and I remember, uh, I believe might have been Dirk Cutter or one of those guys, maybe Todd Munkin, that gave him a book, uh, to kind of help him get out of that funk, you know, help his confidence and different ways of thinking about things and just relax, because uh, he, he has all the ability in the world. But, you know, for every drop here and there, and, and there hasn't been that many since his second year, it's four, sometimes five a year. Um, but you got to understand how many targets this guy gets, you know, well over a hundred, sometimes one year, as many as 140. So what are we, what are we talking about percentage wise? You don't want them to occur on, you know, on plays that would have been a touchdown or a first down, but it is going to happen. But for every few of those, and they're very few percentage wise, how many great plays does this guy make? How many combat catches in traffic with guys draped all over him does he make and you just go, holy cow. And like I said the other night, the one thing I'm not going to listen to is, you know, that he's not one of the tougher guys in, in the league because I still remember the hit he took from Keanu Neal and made a one-handed catch on the sideline for a first down. He's as tough as they come, and he's prideful as they come. And like I said earlier, I think if anything right now, he might be pressing a little bit, but they're having trouble getting on the ball that's on the play caller. That's on the running game. You need to do some things to help Mike Evans get free, and he'll produce for you. Um, you know, again, uh, Baker Mayfield had him open for a long touchdown, and he got the ball knocked down. He's got to slide around. He's got to find passing lanes. The offensive linemen have to knock the ha- hands down of those defensive linemen that that aren't going to get there, and that you know it's usually the last last ditch effort to you know try to have an impact when your pass rush is not going to win. You throw your hands up. Um, they've got to get those down and, you know, they got to start connecting and, and I, I think they will, but, uh, Mike Evans is, is got to have a big role in this offense along with Chris Godwin. And I, I do think that, you know, maybe they'll go ahead and sort of pass first, then run, run afterwards and sort of set up the run with the passing game. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did go all in on Mike Evans a little bit. <laughs> And then I wrote about him, and, and Mike talked about it. And, and I'm sorry, but, dude, you cannot look at a guy that's going to be on the building that has been as consistent as he is. And and then he's sitting here, you know, whatever, 33rd or so in targets in the National Football League. That's just that's just not good ball. That's bad ball, in my opinion. All right, that'll do it for us this week. The Lightning are home against the Toronto Maple Leafs or Steven Stamkos' next team, if you will. No, uh, no, no. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying. Uh, and then, of course, it's Bucks against the Falcons. 1 o'clock, Raymond James Stadium on Sunday. It's going to be a glorious day weather-wise. Get out there if you get a chance and uh, maybe take some of those seats in the lower bowls away from the Falcon fans. We'll see. 
Anyway, thanks for listening. I'm Rick Stroud, the Tampa Bay Times for Steve Bursnick. Have a great weekend, everybody.